Have you fixed your sleep schedule yet? I think I've gotten better. Nice. So I start Monday. As far as I know, everything's on pace. So it's my first few weeks are like 7.30 to 4. Okay. So I finally got myself to be like in bed by like 9, between 9 and 10, up by like 5. So that way, you know, get in that habit. That way you can eat, shower. Mm-hmm. Before I have to, before I have to leave, and so far the past couple days have have worked. Can you, um, can you teach my kids your ways? <laughs> They've got the waking up at five part down. It's the getting to bed by nine or ten that's still a struggle. <laughs> no, I. If they, if you can't have them do it, what what can Uncle Matt do? <laughs> Other than threaten them, and I don't know how you feel right. about that. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Two best um, friends. Oh, wait. Keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs. Or the Colt. Or, wow. The Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking. Just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force. As a clip Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out, it was silent. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another, I say this every week, but this is True this time. Extremely exciting episode of the 2M Football Show. Mike I don't and, even have coffee. Mike and Matt with you. I have had a lot of coffee today. I can tell. <laughs> and if, any, if my voice sounds different than usual, it's because I've also been practicing singing all morning. So Nice. For better or worse. Um, I, I, hopefully I didn't ruin my voice before the big performance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes. 2M Football Show, Mike and Matt here as always. Big, big show today. We're going to be recapping week four with our usual headlines, playoff sleeper update, and a couple other top games. Uh, special today is contender or pretender, the original yes! patent pending, or at least trademark. Um, we'll go through, as we do uh, after each quarter, roughly, of the season, we'll um, go through every team and, and judge them based on their performance in the first four games. Judge them harshly. Mm-hmm. In some cases, yes. Uh, we'll preview each week five matchup. And then uh, you'll want to stick around for a very special edition of the Fantasy Corner in which so uh, one of us will be paying off a karaoke bet. Let's just get right into it with the week four headlines. And as Taylor Swift continues to take NFL broadcast by storm um, and all the news in general, it seems we're going to stick with the football here. That's why our slogan is real football by real fans, right? Yeah, I, you heard it here first. And in the NFL, it was a week for blowouts, really, uh, in week it four. A, it was a crazy week. Like we say that like you can learn something every week in the NFL and there's always a surprise. But man, there wasn't a lot of close games. Uh, nope. In fact, 10 out of the 16 games last weekend uh, were won by 14 or more points, while seven different teams were held under 10 total. So, uh, yeah, a lot of lopsided victories. A uh, pair of teams did get into the win column for the first time in 2023, while a club of undefeateds 
uh, club membership there shrank to just two teams left that have yet to lose a game. So the teams that haven't won yet are the Bears and Panthers, who ironically, um, the Bears traded away the number one overall pick in this past year's draft too, um, in in you know in March or whatever. And both of these teams are now 0-4. And, and in exchange for in that trade, the Bears got the Panthers' number first round pick next year. So as it currently stands, these are the bottom two ranked teams. And the Bears own both the picks. So if the season ended today, the Bears would have the first and second pick in the 2024 draft. Way to go, Chicago. <laughs> and there's already Caleb Williams talk. Poor Justin Fields. Uh, more on that later. And the only remaining undefeated teams are the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Helmed who, by none other than Brock Purdy, I might add. Brock Purdy, who, as was your fantasy team. But yeah, Br- Brock Purdy, who has yet to lose a game a regular season game as a starter, which is just continues to get, get more impressive by the week. Uh, and it'll be a good test coming up in week five, which we'll also touch on uh, that week four also saw maybe the dumbest fantasy football decision of all time made in our head to head matchup. In the I, who, <laughs> I don't have words. And the person who did this, who will still remain unnamed at this point, will probably never recover. I think, and I quote, they said, Go big or go home. Let's see if I can find the text message of the exact words that were said from said person. But I believe it was something that sounded supremely confident. I'm sure this person was very excited in the moment of making this fatal decision. Um, <laughs> stick around for the fantasy. Swing for the fences. Swing for the, there you go. <laughs> Swing uh, that was a foul ball out to right. No, uh, it was not a foul ball. It was a complete whiff. <laughs> anyway, more on that later. Stick around <laughs> for the fantasy corner. Uh, but first, let's talk about the games. Going uh, first into our playoff sleepers, just as a reminder, if you forgot what these were. I did. <laughs> these are teams we picked before the season that were favored by Vegas to miss the playoffs. Uh, Each year we pick two such teams, each that we think actually might have a chance at making the postseason. And your Vikings, Matt, starting with you, got their first win of the season. Hey, it was a shaky victory. I don't know. We'll take it. It was a one-score victory, uh, which has been kind of their Achilles heel the first three weeks. But finally, you know, somebody had to win this game, and I'm thankful it was the Vikings. However, it's not without its, its concerns. I still have major concerns about the offensive line. Uh, here in Minnesota because it just doesn't seem it. Ironically, it was Kirk Cousins' probably worst performance yet, uh, including a 99-yard pick six that he threw. Yeah. But uh, the defense started to show signs of life, which is, I think, what this team has been lacking. And I saw several posts on this, the fact that, you know, the defense is, thank God they decided to do something. Um, <laughs> however... Minnesota still hates Kirk Cousins. I still don't understand it. I get this was not the best performance, but I believe he's still, uh, he may still be the passing and touchdown leader so far for this year. And with that being said, you know, and Justin Jefferson being top five, like how do you keep hating on this guy? It's the defense that needed to step up. Um, It's funny. Yeah. Cousins has been playing great in their first three games, which are all losses. He finally has a kind of a stinker, and uh, they get their first win. So just go figure. <laughs> it's it's the way they wrote the script this year. It's insane. 
Another uh, but the Vikings are now one and three, and and I th- I'm hoping that we're starting to see a little bit better, but. I need to see better protection from this offensive line. There's just no time for Cousins. I feel like they're in his face. Uh, with that being said, a poor, a poorer, maybe the poorest offensive performance by <laughs> far was by the Pittsburgh Steelers, who got blown out. You, I don't think you could have predicted this within a million years. Absolutely not. That they were blown out by the Texans, by 24 points. With that being said, shout out to Texans quarterback and Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud, for just being incredible given the situation. I think he wrote off the Texans too early, given that they have no offensive firepower, and yet here's this rookie quarterback with another 300-yard passing day, two touchdowns, and has yet to throw an interception. Yeah, it's really impressive. Uh, but it's not all good news for the Steelers. Pickett left with a knee injury. Uh, they don't think it's going to be long-term, but it seems like Trubitsky might be helming the offense, which uh, that was not, <laughs> not great good. performance he had, but kind of thrown in under the last minute. He's not exactly the veteran backup that you hope to have on your team. Um, I've also picked up rumors that Pittsburgh may not be very happy with their head coach. Uh especially because they don't seem to be doing much about their offensive coordinator, but he did make some comments in his last press conference that there needs to be a change and there absolutely something needs to be done. Now, whether that alludes to the future of Matt Canada calling the offensive plays, I don't know. Right. But I have a feeling one more shaky game like this one, and there's going to be some changing in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I don't think it was this week or previous week, but, um, I saw this story about how, how Pittsburgh ran the same exact play seven times in the same game. <laughs> that, uh, as you alluded to, Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, the one currently calling the plays. And I know it's almost like a like a Joe Barry situation in Green Bay. Like fans have been calling for that guy's head for years now, and it's it's similar with Matt Canada and Pittsburgh. They've had an anemic offense for the most part during his tenure. So definitely could uh, wouldn't be surprising to see a shakeup there. He was also ranked as a college coordinator in like the low tier, the second third of like his play calling capability. So he was never a highly successful play caller. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it brings up interesting points that Pittsburgh, kind of like the Eagles or Philadelphia, like they're diehard fans. They they live and die by their team, and if they're not happy, you're going to know about it. Well, Eagles fans are. Remain pretty happy, I think, this week, uh, switching over to my sleepers, thanks to their victory over my commanders. Uh, this was actually a pretty exciting game. The Eagles won by three points in overtime. High-scoring game, back and forth. Very little defense being done, um, being played, besides the Eagles sacking uh, Sam Howell five times. But fast-forwarding fast to basically the end of the game, the Eagles reclaimed the lead by seven points with a 28-yard touchdown pass from Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown, who... Uh, incidentally had a monster game with 175 receiving yards, and this was one of two touchdowns he had in the game. With less than two minutes to go, Sam Howell led a great two-minute drill um, drive, and on the very last play of regulation, he found his receiver, Jahan Dotson, uh, for the one-yard touchdown that sent the game to overtime. And then they got the ball first in the extra period, went three and out, and then gave up promptly gave up the game-winning field goal drive to the Eagles. But 
overall, I think this is closer than you might have expected. Um, I think they played well. I think it's encouraging that, at least on offense, this commander's defense has been surprisingly bad. And uh, the Eagles defense has been shaky. They give up 31 points to the commanders. Yep. Like this isn't the lockdown that it was last year. Yeah. And we talked about, I mean, they're still undefeated. So, uh, but we talked about it a lot in the off season, how they lost a bunch of players to free agency. They lost both their coordinators and yeah, it looks like that's impacting the defense more than the offense at the moment. In terms of the commanders though, they fall to two and two with the loss. Uh, they've now lost two straight after a good two and zero start to the season. Meanwhile, the Broncos oh got yeah, what a win. dumpster fire! But one you had to watch. <laughs> they were at, uh, they played at Soldier Field against the also winless Bears in a battle of uh, probably the two worst teams in the league going into it, and it was a highly entertaining game. But before we even get to the game, can we talk about Chase Claypool for a second? Oh, we certainly can. It's in the notes. <laughs> that means we have to. So. Yeah, if you can recall, back to the trade deadline last year, the Bears gave up a second-round pick to Pittsburgh to acquire Claypool, who had fallen out of favor there. And, uh, you know, he played out the season in Chicago, didn't do much, wasn't necessarily expected to do much joining the team midseason. But, uh, and then coming into week one, the excitement had been maybe building again with Fields and the entire offense looking to take a big step forward. But then he was um, kind of ripped into by coaches and uh fans alike for his lack of effort in week one he went on a huge apology tour to his teammates and coaches it seemed like everything was okay back for the next few games but then coming into this game he was actually a healthy inactive and has now apparently been banned from team facilities as they get ready for their what? week five game i mean they've sent him away from the team and told him don't come back for now and now that's they, always uh, promising that's a good sign trying to trade him now which is hilarious and the asking price is a fifth or sixth round pick or they might just cut him outright so wow and that second round pick if if the bears remain the worst team in the league that'll be a very very high second round pick that they gave up to acquire this guy who's already on the outs anyway i think it's funny as a non-bears fan Um, it's just the drama continues with this organization Right, and just kind of speaks to their ineptitude as well. But anyway, to the game. The Bears had a big lead in this one. They were up 28-7 to in the third quarter. Justin Fields was having an incredible game, actually. Best game of his career. He completed his first 16 passes. He threw four touchdowns. Eclipsed the 300-yard mark for the first time. And even um, going into their final drive, he only had three incompletions. More touchdowns than incompletions, which is crazy. Um, but anyway, after they blew that lead <laughs> <laughs> and it, it culminated on the Broncos tied the game on a defensive touchdown after a terrible Justin Fields fumble that was returned for six. But the Bears had the ball back again. Tie game late fourth quarter. Fourth and one play for the Bears offense just outside the red zone. They lined up to go for it. Uh, but then they did that. Well, what I thought they were doing was just that classic thing. They let the play clock run all the way down, tried to draw the defense offside. They didn't bite, so they took a timeout. But instead of the field goal unit coming on to kick the go-ahead um, kick, the offense came back, and they lined up to go for it again, tried a shotgun handoff to the running back that got absolutely stuffed. Which I don't agree with that play call. Take the three points. 
Uh, yeah, that's what I was expecting. It's like you already blew this lead. Everything's all the momentum's kind of against you. Just yeah, just take the points. There was less than because at the very least, it would have taken a lot of the pressure. It wouldn't. People wouldn't have been as mad about this. Like from a from a Chicago fan base perspective, they'd been less mad if you took the points rather than pretty much running a similar play again, knowing right. it didn't work the first time. And if you take the points here, then it probably, worst case scenario, you're likely just headed for overtime. You know, maybe Denver drives down and kicks a field goal to tie it. Or maybe not. They've been a dumpster fire, too. (laughs) But they gave Denver all the momentum by getting stuffed on this fourth down play. And, uh, of course, they ripped open this defense, the Broncos did, uh, to the Bears' defense with a few big chunk plays, got into position, kicked the go-ahead field goal. There was still time left, though. Bears used their timeouts wisely, and they had about a minute left um, to— uh, now down a field goal to try to do something. But then Fields completely crumbled. First, he had a terrible intentional grounding penalty where he just he was going to take a sack, and he just threw it into the ground, basically. No one around. Of course, it's classic intentional grounding, which put them in a you know second and 25 or something. Then he's desperate, threw a terrible interception to a covered receiver, and the game is over. And I know I, that was mostly about the Bears because that was kind of the lens I was viewing it from as, you know, someone living close to Chicago. And I was watching the game with my dad at his birthday party. who's a Bears fan. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Oops. Actually, uh, never mind. I mean, we turned the game on. They were still up 28-14. We're like, oh, this is looking good. You know, went to the kitchen to get some food. A couple minutes later, it's 28-28. And then we saw this ending unfold. <laughs> <laughs> well, same old Bears. Anyway, though. For the Broncos, they got their first win of the season, first first win of the Sean Payton era. The defense is still terrible, but Russell Wilson and the offense look much improved from a year ago, so at least you can say that. All right, we're already like 20 minutes in. There are only two other games I want to talk about. Thank God. First one, the Sunday night game, Chiefs at Jets. Aaron Rodgers was in attendance for the first time since having his Achilles repair. And I think the best clip I saw was he was on the sideline and they were making fun of him because he like told one of the coaches, like, let me get one. Let me get one. So he could just lob a a little pass to somebody. And it's like, it doesn't matter. He wants to play. Yeah. And all reports indicate he's way ahead of his rehab schedule. So I don't know if he's uh, six weeks is what you normally are in a boot from what I understand. And he was in a shoe in 13 days. Yep. That's what I heard, too. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just how bad this team looks with Zach Wilson that's motivating him. Uh, but Zach Wilson actually had not a too shabby game. He looked good in this one. Yeah, the, the whole team put in a performance. I, I don't know if it was because of Rodgers or just big primetime game against the Chiefs. They were uh, mad, I think. Yeah. Like they, they played with emotion is what this game felt like. Yeah, I mean, on both sides of the ball, the defense, which we know is good. The, the Jets' defense has been good for, you know, a couple of years now. And they picked off Mahomes twice, uh, well, three times, if you ignore that BS penalty that was called, which we'll get to in a second. Um, oh, we're getting there. How, how could you like, know about it? The whole league knows about it. The, NF, the NHL knows about it. <laughs> it looked like same old Jets for a second because they quickly got down 17 to nothing. Um, but they really played well. From that point on, Brees Hall ripped off a big run. Zach Wilson, as we mentioned, threw a pair of touchdowns with no interceptions. Uh, they went for a two-point conversion. I, I think they got a safety, right, on a on a holding in the end zone or face mask in the end zone on a cheap like offensive that, lineman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got a two-point conversion to tie it up at 20 points. But then 
Um, yeah, like I said, that the third interception Mahomes threw, there was just an incredibly late flag thrown. Like the they called they threw a flag and called defensive holding, but you know that was before the ball was even thrown that that foul would have occurred. They did not throw the flag until after they saw it get intercepted. Seems a little shady to me because holding is something you see. It's in the middle of the route, you know, before the ball is thrown, you throw the flag. Well, especially because you're allowed five yards from the line of scrimmage for contact and anything after that's illegal contact. So if you're going to throw, you're talking 10 seconds, 15 seconds after the ball is snapped, typically a flag will get thrown for anything remotely like that. Yeah. And what the uh, Internet sleuths have you know pinpointed is that the ref isn't even reaching he's not even reaching to his pocket for the flag he's not even attempting to throw it until after he sees the ball get picked off not a good look uh but then even after that on the chief's final drive they were up three at this point just trying to run out the clock there's just a crazy like the most egregious offensive holding i've ever seen and it lasted for like five seconds the defender's flailing his arms around he's being held and mahomes Runs because of that, Mahomes is able to run for a third down conversion and, and end the game, but no flag is thrown. Uh, would have been really exciting to see Zach Wilson get one more chance to try to tie this thing up. Or I like the whole internet being like, "Well, there's no way they could let him lose in front, you know, in front of Taylor Swift." Yeah, so right, yeah, <laughs> it's an, it's a pretty. Uh, I mean, the narrative is right there that of course they want the Chiefs to win. They they want to whatever <laughs> make Travis Kelsey happy in front of his girlfriend. Or, Make the Swifties happy who are tuning in just for all the what felt like dozens of camera shots of Taylor Swift reactions during the game. <laughs> so frustrating end, but overall, I think the Jets can be encouraged by this performance. And then the Packers. Oh, here we go. This is the first game of the week, actually. So this is ancient history by now. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt any less. <laughs> by the way. Am I still stupid for picking them as my eliminator? To Detroit? Yeah. There, I mean, clearly there's a method to your madness. I think I might be the stupid one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see you make these decisions that I think are ridiculous. <laughs> but then you're right. <laughs> uh, actually, I think I said in our preview last week that my, my head said the Lions would win, but my my heart said Packers said <laughs> Yes, that um, sounds accurate. That was correct. Um, because, I mean, this game started off as well as it could for the Packers. Lions had the ball first. Goff threw a terrible ex- interception on the second pass of the game. Packers turned it into a field goal for an early 3 nothing lead. It was all Lions after that. 20, <laughs> 27-3, Lions were winning at halftime, and it looked over. But just like the previous week against the Saints, the Packers were mounting a comeback in the second half. Uh, Jordan Love led a, ni- a couple of nice touchdown drives. It was they had cut the lead to ten points, seventeen twenty-seven, early in the fourth quarter, and uh, this was the turning point, or this was what killed the game. Is they the defense made a stop. Lions were going to kick a field goal, but that doesn't really hurt you at this point. You're still down two scores. Um, but then during the field goal kick, Quay Walker, who had had an amazing game to that point, he was everywhere. He had nineteen tackles in this game. Was doing great things. On the field goal attempt, he takes a running start to jump. He jumped clean over the the snapper in his attempt to block the kick. And you just can't do that. That's a penalty. (laughs) You can't jump over. I forget what. I think it was technically unsportsmanlike conduct or something. But that's just a known rule. I mean, I guess he didn't know. 
you're, you're not allowed to jump over people like that. <laughs> and the flag gave Detroit a first down, and a few plays later, they scored a touchdown instead of that field goal that uh, basically ended the game. And I just want to know, I just want to ask, what is it with this guy? <laughs> Quay Walker, he was a first-round pick last year. He got ejected twice in his rookie season. Only player to do that, to get ejected in two games in one season. Uh, once against these same Lions for shoving a member of their medical staff. I mean, he didn't do that, but he made this play that, you know, I, who knows if the Packers would have. Well, and I actually went back for this game because, you know, it's the curiosity in me. Like, where was it the fact the Lions were so good or Green Bay was so bad or a combination of both? So I actually went back and I watched the coaches film, right? Oh, yeah. And I don't know what it is, and I'm putting this on Joe Barry. There was a lot of times the defense players were out of position. If you go back and watch some of these run plays, there are gaps where a linebacker or a DB just instinctively makes the wrong decision. Mm. And that's why we keep getting toasted by the run. But it was incredible how, like, there were just – blatant decisions where where a, 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 a DB would pass off uh, a receiver to the wrong safety. Like, he wouldn't shadow yeah. him at all. He would move forward, and the safety's already got somebody. He can't take two people. Right. It's like they don't know which zone they're supposed to be in or who's responsible for what. And it's just, it's really bad planning is what it seems like. So I'm going to stick with my gut and say for all the first round picks on defense, this defense should be way better than what it is. It's just not being coached correctly. They're not practicing correctly and they're not preparing for games correctly because I only watched probably the first half and there were seven to 11 times I counted that a player was just not where they should have been. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. Extra credit to you, Matt, <laughs> but uh, it just confirms our suspicions, right? It's like, and that's all about coaching. Who's, you know, the the guys don't know where they're supposed to be. It seems. Um, but anyway, or, Packers lost. Or their instincts are just terrible. In that case, <laughs> don't go with your gut. Either way, it's coaching, right? It's like they're supposed to be instilling this into them um, in practice. But yeah, ended up being a 14-point loss. Packers fall to two and two. Lions. Sit alone atop the division now at three and one. So let's skip the rest of the games in the interest of time. One last fun fact, please. Okay, fine. Is it really fun or is it going to make me sad? No, it's 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 a promising fact or a false hope fact. Okay, let's have it. So for the past several years, there have been three quarterbacks in Green Bay, at least in our lifetime that we're aware of. Right. There's your boy, Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. There's Aaron Rodgers. And now Jordan Love. Do you know what all three records potentially for this one could be, but what all three of them had this what their starting records were? I think I did see this in the broadcast. Were they all were they all one and two starts or were they all two and two or what was it? They were all two and three for their starts. Two and three, okay. So I'm not I'm not gonna give up hope yet that if we lose this game, that'll be a two and three start. Because remember, when we moved on from Favre to Rodgers, everyone's like, this Rodgers guy is two and three. What the hell? Like, what were we thinking? Well, right. And they were like six and ten his first year as a starter. And then it's like we kind of forgot about Brett Favre, right? Because Rodgers took over. Uh, Not saying that 
I didn't forget about Brooklyn. I know you did. <laughs> um, but it's just to say, like, there's a little bit of hope left. Like, I'm not completely out of the loop yet. I'm not, but this defense <laughs> needs to shore up. All right, let's take a break and let's get to the fun part. Woo-hoo! Contender or pretender, coming at you next. One of our favorite things that happen, what, three times a year we do this? Four, eight, twelve. Yep, three times a year. You're right. Contender or pretender, we will. The original. The original, that's right. Don't don't read that, you know, Bleacher Report nonsense. I saw, uh, I saw a Reddit thread titled Contender or Pretender as well. So everyone's trying to jump on the bandwagon now. But You heard it here first. <laughs> so what we're going to do is go through each team and basically determine if we think they're a real contender to make the playoffs. And additionally to that, will the current division leader come out on top at the end of the year? Oh, there's a twist. It's spicy and I like it. I think we did this last year, too, but okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I take my excitement back. I'm going to be grumpy the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, no, I ruined it. I'm so sorry. All right, starting in the AFC with the North, where the Ravens are the current leaders at three. Oh, sure they one. are. Yeah, freaking Ravens, great. Three and one, and, uh, I mean, despite the injuries piling up, and I still remain mostly unconvinced by their three wins, um, the rest of the division around them doesn't look nearly as strong as we were expecting at the beginning of the year. So because of that, I, I, I mean, I think I picked them preseason to win it, and I'm going to stick with that and say they are a contender. Yeah, I mean, they're getting it done regardless. This, But I feel like this is not unfamiliar territory for the Ravens. Weirdly <laughs> I mean, enough, it seems like yeah. they have the highest like IR yeah. list every year. So this isn't their first rodeo with it. So they're finding ways to win. They're putting trust in their newly paid quarterback. Um, the only team, if I had to pick one, maybe the Browns, depending if Deshaun Watson comes back or when he right. gets back. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals, I think, are just banged up. Their offensive line is not protecting Joe Burrow. And the Steelers are still struggling to find an identity since the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't think the Bengals and the Steelers, the Bengals may move up to second place, but the Ravens take the division. Yep. So just going through it, I'm going to say the Steelers are are not a playoff contender this year. I'm not convinced by what I've seen so far, especially on offense, as you stated. Um, And I actually agree with you. I think the Browns are the most interesting other team. I mean, you pretty much just throw away their loss to the Ravens last week because they had a rookie who would be insane to have anyone start him in fantasy. Like, absolute madness. <laughs> if, if anyone Especially if that it. person had someone like, I don't know, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I don't, no one's that stupid, right? No. But, but I agree. I, I personally would never be friends with somebody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me either. Me either. <laughs> but I agree with you. I, I mean, the Bengals look so bad right now, mostly because of Burrow being banged up with his calf injury. He can't move. He can't throw the ball right. Uh, and th- that's something that we expect to linger. That's not something that he's going to be recovered from in the super short-term future. So I agree with you. If there's a second team at this moment that, that would get out of this division and make the playoffs, I would pick the Browns to be that team. Um, but Steelers and Bengals are they're, they're pretenders right now. AFC South, where every oh single God. team is two and two. The Colts, this division, like, teeters on the cusp of, like, 
dumpster fire and like intrigue. Well, I, the Titans, who we didn't talk about in the uh, game recaps, but they in week three they lost twenty eight to twenty seven to three, and I think they won twenty seven to three this week or something like that. It's just they make zero sense to me. Continue. They're the wild card in this division yeah. if there ever was one. I still feel like the Jaguars have the most talent, but you look at what CJ like what CJ Stroud is doing. Like you said, the Texans two wins that probably equals their win total from last year already with you know, without looking at their record, <laughs> it's, it's amazing what they're doing. And consistent, like win or lose, he's consistent. So when you have a consistency at one part of the game, as a, as a coach, it allows you then to work on the facets that aren't working. If you got a quarterback that's putting up 300 yards with three touchdowns and no interceptions and average per game, then it's just a matter of getting your defense up to speed to keep you in these games because clearly your offense can put points on the board. Right, yeah. So I, I think it's a, from a coaching standpoint, you're not having an entire team rebuild. You're just you're tweaking things and trying to make it work. I still don't think the Texans are playoff contenders this year, so I'm, I'm going to rule them out. I don't... I, I, don't I don't know, because... Yeah, I still think the Jags are going to take the division and they're they're contenders. The Colts and the Titans are like the weirdest wild cards ever. The Titans more so than anything. They're the type of team that could have a losing record, but win their division games just to screw it all up. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe maybe for this division. I mean, that's this is probably the hardest edition of contender or pretender. We've only seen we only have a four game sample size for all these teams. I mean, just look at the standings. They're all tied at two and two. Maybe maybe this one we just kind of punt to next time and say they're all contenders at the moment. <laughs> I'll say this. I'm going to take Jaguars and Texans. I don't think the Colts are going to make it this year, and I have no opinion on the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. The, te- the Texans are, are the most exciting out of those three teams to me, and I still think, yeah, I still pick the Jaguars to win it. All right, let's move on then to the – AFC East, where the Bills sit at the top, three and one. The Dolphins are three and one as well, but lost head to head, so that's why they lose the tiebreaker. Patriots and Jets are one and three, occupying the bottom two spots. Obviously, my preseason prediction of the Jets winning this division went out the window with Rodgers. <laughs> you again, all your eggs in one basket this year. I don't understand you. I applaud you for being bold, but that was idiotic. It seemed like a Strong basket, but apparently with a weak Achilles <laughs> no, and no offensive line. But anyway, the Bills just beat the Dolphins head-to-head uh, pretty handily this past weekend. I think it was 48-20 to 20 was the final. The Dolphins have major issues on defense. And uh, the Bills look like a complete team after their stunning. The Bills are back. Like, they were, they looked a little yeah. worrisome at the beginning of the year. But, uh. They righted that ship real quick. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, so I, at this point, yeah, they do look like they'll be the division winners. But the Dolphins are, they look like a clear-cut playoff contender to me as well. I agree. The Bills and Dolphins are making it. Uh, the Patriots may be the worst outside of Chicago. The worst team. Mac Jones got benched for Zappy. That's how desperate they are. Down, I think they lost 38-3 to to Dallas last week. Bill Belichick's worst loss as a head coach, and he might be on the hot seat. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know if he would ever get fired just for all the rings he's brought, but it's been it's been tough. <laughs> I mean, I think the bigger stories that I've seen circulate is the fact of everyone seeming like it's clear cut that it wasn't necessarily Belichick that won those Super Bowls for New England because Brady turned around and did it for Tampa Bay. That's true. That's true. And we've seen nothing resembling, you know, a, a title contender in New England since Brady left. So that is a good point. And so the, obviously they're not contenders. And I don't think the Jets are either. Um, their season's pretty much over. It's all about, let's see. If you had them winning the division, though. With Rodgers, that made some sense. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me ask you this. If Rodgers comes back with back. six weeks left in the season. Let's see, six weeks left, so they'll be one and what ten at that point? No, I don't think I don't think they'll make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are on top at three and one. Chargers two and two. Raiders and Broncos one and three. I think I think it stands as is. This is a pretty easy one, yeah. The Chiefs obviously contenders. I think Chargers will make the playoffs again. Uh, Raiders and Broncos, no. I don't think the Chargers are going to make it. No, they, no. I mean, they've been, I don't know, they've been another. I think we thing. see Brandon Staley gone after week seven. Oh, that's a good, I like that prediction. <laughs> it's. I mean, it seems like another classic case of a team not playing to the level of its talent, but they haven't had Eckler. They just lost Mike Williams. I think they're heading into their bye, so hopefully Eckler comes back after that. But I don't know, man. <laughs> it hasn't been very good, especially the defense. That sums up sports. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm still going to say they are still in contender status for a playoff spot. Raiders are, I don't even know. I wouldn't even call what they're doing a rebuild. I don't know what they're doing, but they're not good this year. It's the Mike McDaniels experience. It's fine. Yeah. And the Broncos have no defense, even if Russ is looking a little better. So, uh, not going anywhere this year, in my opinion. All right, let's flip over to the NFC, starting in the north, where the Lions are on top at 3-1, and one, Packers 2-2, two and two, Vikings 1-3, and three, and the Bears are 0-4. <laughs> I think the Lions, um, they look very legitimate to me. Their defense is much improved. And, uh, I mean, we already know about their what they can their do. Their defense? Fun fact. Oh, look at this. I got fun facts this week. Oh, I love it. Their defense through the first four weeks has given up the fewest amount of rushing yards per game. Damn, that's surprising. I mean, especially from where they were a year ago, they've really turned the, I mean, sticking with Aaron Glenn as their coordinator seemed like a bold call in the offseason based on how bad they were last year, but they've looked really good. And they're my fantasy defense for this week, so let's hope they keep the good times <laughs> rolling. <laughs> Packers at 2-2, two and two, I mean... We've definitely seen flashes of it. Jordan Love has looked... He's kind of been a slow starter, I think, in all the games. That's been the, the theme for him. But uh, you've definitely... It's just comfort. Like, I, I feel like this season is the first legit, you know... It is the first legit, like, full-on experience from beginning to end. You're going to see it all. This isn't coming in with, you know, a blowout one way or the other to kind of finish up the game. You are managing it from start to finish. And I think he's doing fine. I don't have a lot of ton of hopes. I mean, we all said, like, if we could win six or seven games, we'd be happy. If he looked good, yeah. If he showed signs of improvement throughout the year, yeah, I would definitely take that. 
So as much as it, it, it may pain, it's realistic. I don't think Green Bay makes it this year. That's not to say that it won't be a growth year and we look for a bounce back in year two, but not this year. And look what he's had to work with. I mean, Watson played for the first time, and, and it was still only limited snaps uh, last week. Aaron Jones played, again, limited. He's been out the uh, past couple games as well. So Bakhtiari is potentially out for the season again. He's potentially done in Green Bay, it looks like, yeah. Uh, and Elton Jenkins, their other their other their second best offensive lineman is also hurt. So it's it's tough. And the defense is uh, arguably not holding up their end. So I agree with you. I don't think they're real playoff contenders this year. And that's OK. I, the Vikings at one and three, I think they could still make some noise. So I'm going to still say I think that. they could turn this around if things move in the direction that they did this past week where the defense helped. Uh, it's weird, right? Because we talked about how the offense struggled, but the defense kind of picked up the slack. But that's what a team does, right? You never point fingers. You kind of just help where you can. Do the offense job. struggles, the defense picks it up. Right. So if they can pull it together, yeah, I don't see why the Vikings couldn't be a wild card contender. Yep. So I think they're still contender. Bears, obviously, no. And oh, NFC South. Buccaneers, a little bit surprising. Three and one. The Buccaneers are on top. Falcons and Saints below them at two and two. And then you've got the other winless team, the Panthers at 0 and 4. Um, the Buccaneers, I mean, you said it about Baker. He's impressed so far. He's making the most of this chance uh, to be a starter potentially one last time. And he's, he's yeah, he's been good. They're only losses to the Eagles, so you can't really blame them for that. They are definitely contenders uh, to come out on top of this division. Absolutely. The Falcons are a weird one to me. It's like if they if their running game gets slowed down even at all, they're, and Desmond Ritter has to throw, they're screwed because he can't. He's terrible. So I'm I don't think they're playoff contenders. I don't know if this is just my preseason bias coming through, but I'm going to oh, say here Saints, it comes. I knew it. I'm going to say the Saints are still uh, a contender. I can't stand you sometimes. <laughs> I can't stand them. Why did they make Carr play? Or why did they allow him to play on what was clearly still an injured shoulder? Just put Jameis in, then I would have put him in my lineup, and I might have won. <laughs> you know what? Screw the Saints. No, they're not contenders. I hate the Saints, too. <laughs> the Saints have a shot as long as Carr is healthy. I think you're on to something there. I feel like Carr kind of re-put new life into this team under it. And when you lose that sort of breath of fresh air it definitely affects everything the falcons you're a hundred percent right on they need that run game to survive and i think the fact that it makes them one-dimensional means they you really can't be a playoff team and be truly one-dimensional it, it just usually doesn't work um because yeah. right now you can afford a loss you can't really afford a loss in the postseason where it's one and done so I have to say that I still think that the Saints can be contenders, but that's very dependent on Carr and his health. And the Falcons are too one-dimensional, so I have to say they're pretenders. Yep, and Panthers obviously pretenders as well. In the NFC East, the Eagles are four and zero. The Cowboys right behind them, three and one. You got the Commanders at two and two, and then the Giants are one and three. And obviously, the Eagles are contenders. They look uh, well. Yeah, definitely contenders. I, I don't know who's going to win the division still between them and Dallas. Um, that's going to be a fun race, I think, for the division crown. But obviously both playoff contenders. 
The Commanders at two and two, I'm going to say, do still have a. They're still playoff contenders. Sure, why not? They've shown enough. Three out of four teams have a chance here. Yeah, the the Giants, man. I mean, we've mentioned several teams who don't have a functioning offensive line. This might be the worst of the bunch. How many times was, was Daniel Jones sacked? Ten times against Seattle. Daniel Jones is going to be knocked out of this league with a freaking concussion this year if he doesn't get some protection. It's it's yeah. kind of scary yeah. how much that guy is hitting the ground. Like you can you can crap on him all you want, but man, when it's from snap to like rush is less than half a second. How do you even throw the ball? And and it's it's yeah less than a second. And on four out of five. You've got four pass rushers who got past their blocker already. It's, I saw a couple highlights of that. It's just crazy. Uh, and he can move, too. It's not like he's some slow, you know, some slow pocket passer. Who You're talking less than two-second reaction time. Yeah. Like, he's still turning the ball in his hand to get ready to throw while reading, and they're in his face. Like, I don't care how quick you are. There is no reaction time at yeah. all. So, yeah, Giants don't look like contenders right now. Uh, granted, they haven't had Saquon Barkley, but, I mean, he, he's not going to save them by himself. I'm still going to stick with my preseason prediction of the Cowboys winning the division. I think the Eagles have shown some shakiness, especially on defense. Um, but, yeah, like you said, three out of the four teams are contenders, I think. I'm sticking with the Eagles. Fair enough. NFC West, where the 49ers are 4-0. and Seahawks three and one, Rams two and two, and Cardinals one and three. First off, shout out to Matt Stafford playing through more injuries. Yeah, right. Like he is a quarterback that has never gotten respect in this league. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm happy he got a ring, uh, Super Bowl ring. He definitely deserved it for all the years of service he put in in Detroit. And and yeah, he's been dragging this Rams offense with him despite a, what looked like a lack of playmakers in the offseason or in the preseason with Cooper Cup sidelined. But he's found other guys to step up. Tutu Atwell, who's done nothing in his previous three years in the league, is, is suddenly, you know, he's making him a legitimate weapon. Puka Nakua, the unheralded rookie, has been amazing. He's been doing big things. Did all he could for me in fantasy this week, but it wasn't enough. Uh, but I don't blame him at all. Anyway, <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> it's impressive what Stafford and the Rams have been able to do with a, what seems like an under, undermanned roster. 49ers definitely in the driver's seat to win the division as expected. I will take them still to win it. Uh, Seahawks have looked pretty good. You know, Geno Smith, picking for the most part, picking up where he left off. They've got a great running game and what looks like maybe an improved defense. Maybe. <laughs> and even the Cardinals have been feisty in their, in all their, uh, maybe they're not. Like, they like, they remind me of, of like last year, maybe late the year before, uh, Detroit the Lions, like yeah. scrappiness. Like they're not winning, but man, they are like making you work for it when they shouldn't. Right. Like they don't have the most talented roster, but they, but yeah, like you said, they're, they're making other teams work for it for sure. I'm going to still say they will not make the postseason. I don't think the Rams are real contenders either, but uh, 49ers and Seahawks, yes, for me. Uh, I'm going to throw the Rams in there. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Shout out to the Cardinals for trying, but not this year. (laughs) And I am now a Josh Dobbs fan. (laughs) 
just want that on the record. Okay, well, that was fun. We And like you said, we'll do this every four weeks. So after week eight, we will rethink, we'll reevaluate what, from what we see in the next four games. You need to make okay. notes of what we picked. Oh, yeah, someone should do that. <laughs> <laughs> next, the week five preview after another short break. And we are back to a football show. Mike and Matt here with our week five preview presented by Mike's Watchability Index. The bye weeks are upon us. The Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Buccaneers will not be in action this weekend. So this is a bad time to ask for Baker Mayfield because I I did not like – I didn't do anything on the waivers, which was apparently a stupid move because I was like, Mitchell Trubisky will be there. He's not there. Someone picked him – oh, man. That's funny. I mean, it just shows how desperate everyone is for quarterbacks in a super flex league. So I have to fly with solo QB this week. It's going to be interesting. You want a car? I'm good. Fair, fair warning. He sucks. <laughs> well, it does mean we have two fewer games to preview this week. So let's just get into these. Um, Cowboys at 49ers has to be the headliner. Three and one Cowboys, four and 49 49ers, as we just discussed. And this is the Sunday night game. A battle between NFC heavyweights. I think they – did they meet in the playoffs last year? Or am I thinking about two years ago? Uh, either way, they've played each other recently in, in important games. And they're both incredibly balanced teams. They have good defenses and offenses that can attack you in multiple different ways. Christian McCaffrey has been just unbelievable for San Francisco, doing everything. And like we mentioned before, Purdy still hasn't lost in the regular season, dating back to his first start in, what was it, like November last year? Something like that. It's it's insane. And the Cowboys offense, um, they really kicked into gear last week, destroying the Patriots. And they have a secret weapon in this one, Matt. Oh, do they now? <laughs> Trey Lance, former 49er, uh, will be given his new team the goods in terms of uh, <laughs> secrets of the of San Francisco. <laughs> That's great. You can uh, you can know it all you want, but he never actually played any of it. So <laughs> it's like I know I know how Green Bay runs their defense, but I can't just trot out on the field and be like, all right, let's do this. Well, you might do a better job than some of the guys that got out there. I could coach it better. That's for sure. I'm going to take San Francisco at home, but I think this should be a fun game. Yeah, I have San Francisco as well. Jags at Bills next for me. Two and two Jaguars, three and one Bills. A London game again, the second one in a row for Jacksonville. Or should I say London, the London Jaguars? Uh, uh, ha, news. Ha, <laughs> ha. Bad news for the Bills. Uh, their star cornerback, Tredavious White, tore his Achilles last week, and he is now out for the season. Bet you it was Aaron Rodgers. He went there and cut his Achilles. He's <laughs> like, I'm taking this for myself. The Jaguars um, are healthy enough, but they've been pretty disappointing compared to the expectations uh, coming in, especially their offense. Calvin Ridley has not made the impact we expected, or at least many expected, including myself, uh, partially because Lawrence just won't throw him the ball. I think he only had two targets last week or something crazy like that. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. I have Buffalo as well. Eagles at Rams, a surprisingly intriguing one, uh, given our... Oh, you know, do tell. <laughs> given what we thought about the Rams in the 
in the offseason. But they're two and two, like we just discussed. Uh, Eagles undefeated. And Cooper Cup might be coming back. He is eligible to anyway. Uh, it was four weeks on the IR. So he could be making his season debut here. Haven't heard any update on that yet this week. And the Rams are coming off an emotional overtime walk-off win. Um, offense doing big things even without Cup. So just imagine how good they could potentially be if he does. I think some of this comes down to how Stafford's feeling. I know that he suffered, I think it was a contusion on his hip. Ooh, yeah. In the, in the win against Indianapolis. But uh, that's never stopped him before, which is why I credit him with being probably the toughest quarterback in the league. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he already said he's playing, which, you know, might not mean anything if the injury gets progressively worse over the week. But um, given his record of being a tough, you know, his playing through stuff, playing through pain, I think he'll be out there. And as the Eagles are one of two remaining unbeaten teams, they've been pretty vulnerable, especially on defense. This might be stupid of me. I'm taking the Rams. In an upset. I like the boldness of that because I have a couple here that I think you'll be surprised at. Maybe not. <laughs> but uh, I have the Eagles. I just, I think it all stedges on, on Stafford being healthy. And the Eagles, while they've been a little bit more vulnerable, they're they're winning. They're on a roll. Yep. I Granted, that has to end at some time. But I don't think the Rams are quite there. They forced an overtime game with Indianapolis so yeah not the most impressive uh, <laughs> opponent to beat so but that's not to say it won't be a good game I like where it's ranked Jets at Broncos I've got next. this really this high up <laughs> only because remember Sean Payton because it's the that. Jets that's why I don't love the Jets I love Aaron Rodgers <laughs> I didn't even realize that until I was all in on this team Anyway, remember Sean Payton talking all that smack about Nathaniel Hackett in the offseason? This was uh, supposed to be a spicy matchup based on that, um, but both teams are actually pretty depressing. (laughs) (laughs) This would be number one if, if, you know, like if the Broncos had looked good and if Rodgers was here, but none of that is happening. Give me the Jets. Ooh. Wow, why am I not surprised? (laughs) You're you're unbelievable. You know that. Please, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. I'm not biased at all because of my fantasy team. <laughs> I have the Broncos. I mean, Sean Payton's working with Wilson as best he can. That defense is still terrible, but the Jets' offense isn't anything to be overly concerned about. I think. And I'm much more can I I much like more. Hmm, let me form a sentence here. <laughs> I'm much more intrigued about the Broncos offense versus the Jets defense than the Jets offense versus the Broncos defense. Well, I think um, I agree with that. That's the matchup to watch because the, that's the strength on strength matchup, right? Broncos offenses looked okay. Pretty decent. The Jets have a pretty good defense and yeah, when the Jets have the ball, it's, it's a battle of bad. (laughs) And I think this is Zach Wilson's first real chance to show what he can do because they've been against a really tough, string of defenses to start the season. This is by far the worst uh, defense they'll go up against so far. So I think it's a good chance for Zach Wilson to actually maybe do something. Get some confidence back. Yeah, hopefully. Get Garrett Wilson a couple touchdowns. I mean, you do you at this point. We already faced each other. 
Chiefs at Vikings, I've got next. Uh, three and one Chiefs, one and three Vikings, who just got their first victory behind a strong defense. And uh, the Jets gave the Chiefs all they could handle. Mahomes with his two with an asterisk picks that he threw. Uh, <laughs> I think this is going to be a lot of points, a lot of points scored in this one. I'm taking the Chiefs so on the road. It's kind of scary that the Jets made Mahomes work for that win. Like, it should not have been that difficult. I'm going to take the Vikings as a spicy pick. Ooh, that is spicy. Uh, just just based off the fact of how rough that win was against the Jets. And whether you believe the conspiracy or not, if the refs helped, it that call definitely bailed them out, it seemed. Yeah, very true. This will be a good test for the Vikings defense. We'll be coming in with just a little bit of confidence, maybe. Packers at Raiders I got next on Monday Night Football. Um, the only good news for the Packers out of that game is that um, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson both came out of that game healthy, didn't suffer any setbacks in their injuries. So they've had the, the mini bye week after playing on Thursday night. So they'll hopefully come into this one 100%, no more snap count limitation. It's a uh, Devontae Adams revenge game. Not sure who his quarterback will be, though. It will have to check on Garoppolo, who missed last week with a concussion. Uh, instead of him, it was the rookie they drafted. I don't even remember his name. They lost. Uh, I'm taking the Packers. I have Green Bay in this one, too. Ravens at Steelers. Uh, like we were discussing before, it looks like looks likely to be Trubisky starting for uh, the Steelers. If Pickett can't go with that knee injury, and just on that fact alone, I'll go with the Ravens. Yeah. Texans at Falcons. Give me the Texans. No analysis. I'm excited. <laughs> I want to see C.J. Stroud. I want to see more of him. Uh, yeah, I got the Texans as well, surprisingly enough. Bears at Commanders. Sorry if I'm speeding through these. we got to get to the end here. Um, this is the Thursday night game. Oh, yeah, like this is what I previewed mentioned before with the Bears currently slated to have the top two picks in next year's draft. There's already talk among, at least among the radio shows in Chicago about whether or not they should take Caleb Williams or another quarterback if they do have the first or second or both overall picks next Just year. Just to counter that, though, apparently Caleb Williams already said that he would make more money returning to USC than he would as a rookie in the NFL, which means he might have the pick of his choice. And he's hinted at one of his choices was the Raiders. Interesting. I was going to say, who's his choices? Because by by the very nature of a team having the first overall pick to select him, it's going to be a bad team. So it's like, pick your poison. Um, I just I do feel bad for Justin Fields and all this. So much excitement for him just a short month ago. And he played well in their most recent loss overall, besides two costs. Absolutely. It looked like his best performance against a worst case scenario. Yep. Um, the commanders are on a two game losing streak. Uh, but I'm going to take them at home on Thursday night to win this game. I have the Commanders as well. Bengals at Cardinals. Oh, my God. This, man, this did not look that good about three weeks ago. Yeah, and all of a sudden looks tough to predict. I'm taking the Cardinals at home just based on how bad Burrow has looked. Uh, oh, man, you read my mind. I took Arizona as well. <laughs> nice. I love it. I feel like you're influencing me because you always have a few of these good upset picks sprinkled in. I usually just go with the favorites, but... You're, I think you're, after three and a half years, I think you're starting to influence my mindset. <laughs> <laughs> when you see them work. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, man, I need to get in on some of these. Uh, Saints at Patriots, I'm taking the Saints. Yes. Titans at Colts. Oh, my, oh my God. God. This is a, I didn't want to pick one in this game. <laughs> I think I'm taking the Titans. 
which feels really weird. I had the Titans as well, just because I don't. They're such a weird team, and I don't know what to think of the Colts just yet. Yeah, Anthony Richardson's doing okay, mm-hmm. but the Colts' offensive line and defense doesn't look like what it was a couple of years ago. Giants at Dolphins, taking the Dolphins. Yep. And then Panthers at Lions, taking the Lions. All right, that was fun. Now All another right. more fun. Now the real fun begins because it's time for the Fantasy Corner. Oh, wait, I didn't, I'm still an Eliminator. Oh, uh, I forgot. My pick uh, was the Saints. Saints over the Patriots. Got it. I'll look at you, mister. I'm still alive in Eliminator. <laughs> Cue the music. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. And we're back, Mike and Matt. On the 2M Football Show, coming at you with the Fantasy Corner, and it's time to recap. Yes! Time to recap. Yeah, you're. I bet you're excited. It's time to recap our week four head-to-head I told you, I still stand by, like, next to contender and pretender, this is my favorite thing that we do every week. I don't know where my love for the fantasy of football came from, but, like. Well, let me give you a little bit of advice, Matt. Yeah? If you're at Target at 1045 in the morning and the inactives are announced and Deshaun Watson is surprisingly inactive for Cleveland, don't pick up his backup. <laughs> How about if I have Baker and the backup, should I start the backup? Hmm. Based on my past experience, I'm going to say no. Just put Baker in. Just be smart. Just do the smart <laughs> thing. Just put in Baker. <laughs> Here was my dilemma. Okay, I'll reveal it now. It was me who did this. I can't even remember that dumbass's name who I picked up and started. Uh, I do remember seeing him in preseason. He looked very exciting. Aaron Rodgers had some nice things to say about him. So I'm like, oh, you know what? He can run. He can use his legs. Maybe oh, I'll get here to- we go. This is your problem. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> God, you're well, so stupid. I was all set to start Jameis Winston for the Saints going up against his old team. It's a revenge game. You know, he's motivated. I thought he would be have he would have a great game there. I was nervous about Baker because the Saints defense is supposed to be good, right? So I didn't want to start Baker. And he had just had a garbage game against Philly the week before. So I was maybe recency biased there. But then the news came out that Watson's inactive. And I was like, oh, well, I remember seeing this rookie look good in the preseason who's going to be starting this game. (laughs) Let me pick him up off waivers and start him over Carr and Baker for some reason. So stupid. So stupid. He gives me one point. (laughs) One point. Didn't run at all through two picks. Just disgusting. Disgusting game. Terrible decision. <sighs> Even to, so, after that happened, all of our guys had played except for Gino on Monday night for you. I was up by one point still coming into that game. Shout out to Puka Nakua, who had a monster game. And uh, Lamar Jackson, they did all they could for me. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but my terrible decision making was going to be the winner was going to win out here over their efforts. I was up by one going into Monday night. Like I said, Geno Smith to play. I was praying for an injury. Nothing serious. You know, just maybe tweak something running out of the tunnel so that he wouldn't play. And ironically, (laughs) he did leave the game with an injury. In the second quarter, but that was after he threw. Did he already? Okay. Because I didn't even felt I was sick. I'm still sick to my stomach over what I did. I couldn't even watch. I couldn't bear to watch the game. And, of course, the inevitable happened. But he didn't have a very – so at that point, I'm hoping he goes off for, like, 30 points so that it wouldn't have mattered who I started. 
But of course, he has pretty much a clunker of a game, and I would have wanted... Yeah, it was just an average weird night, 110 yards and a touchdown. Like, it wasn't anything... Like, it was one of those, like, general field general wins, right? Like, just enough to win. And this is what hurts the most, because I would have won if I started Carr or Baker. Anyone, basically anyone but <laughs> the rookie I picked up off waivers Sunday morning right before kickoff. It's funny because I have a habit of making those last-minute pickup and swatches, and they seem to, like, do okay. And yet, you tried it, it didn't uh, work. It hurts. I, I still, I can't believe it. <laughs> and you, you ended up winning by, like, 10 points or whatever. And uh, because of that, I'm here now to pay off my bet. Yes! Are you ready, Matt? This is a song that actually goes back to when we were in high school. I think it came out. Weird Al was, you know, I was a fan. I've been a Weird Al fan for a long time. And I think that was around this came out, around high school when this song came out. Of course, as a Star Wars fan, too, was excited about the crossover. So I just take a sip of my tea here before we sing The Saga Begins. Remember, this <clears> is immortalized <throat> on the Internet. All right, you ready? <laughs> I have never been more ready. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go. I got my little thing with me. A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far away, Naboo was under an attack. And I thought me and Qui-Gon Jinn could talk the Federation into maybe cutting them a little slack. But their response, it didn't thrill us. They locked the doors and tried to kill us. We escaped from that gap. Met Jar Jar and Boss Ness. We took a bongo from the scene and we went to feed to see the queen. We all wound up on Tatooine. That's where we found this boy. My, my, this here Anakin guy Maybe later, someday later Now he's just a small prize He left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye Saying soon I'm gonna be a Jedi Soon I'm gonna be a Jedi And that is all you get. Check the Patreon for the full song. <laughs> That was well done. Oh, thank you. It was an easy, easier than Barbie Girl. I knew all the words already. Uh, just had a practice. <laughs> so there you go, Matt. Congratulations. Thank you. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how fantasy goes, though. I think we do it for the self-inflicted torture. But now we can go back to wishing you the best of luck. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and you, you as well, I suppose. However, you are at the bottom of the division. You know what? I couldn't even check. I, it's it's brutal. You don't understand even how much I hate myself for my decision. <laughs> but like, just like in real football, there's always next week, and uh, maybe I'll choose more wisely this time. <laughs> Well, it's like it almost gets a little nervous, though, too, because 10 points is not a huge difference considering, like, I had been outscoring, like, outscoring you by, what, an average of 20 or something leading up to that each week? Yeah, yeah, it was it was close. So, 
That's what makes it hurt more. If it had been a standard like blowout, you'd been yeah. like, "Well, this sucks, but whatever." But there's nothing I could have done. But <laughs> yep. Or how about Derek Carr? Throw the freaking ball to your best receiver, Chris Olave. How does he have one catch for four yards in an entire game of football? <laughs> that's what baffled me more than anything. Is I feel like other than your QB, like that's what lets you down. Yeah. But you should have been like that game should have been closer. He was like my second or third round pick, you know, expecting big things. And he's been good up until, anyway, whatever. <laughs> it all comes down to my decision. If I put Baker in, I would have won. <laughs> Even if I put crappy Derek Carr in, I would have won. But I didn't. And, uh, yeah, congrats. What are you, three and one now or two and two? I am two and two. Two and two, okay. Uh, and I'm going up against Ashley, I think. Oh, that's the one person I beat, so you should be good to go. <laughs> You know a team is terrible. What did I say about, was this about the Giants last year? Like, oh, you know they're terrible if they lose to the Giants. And you know someone's terrible in fantasy if they lose to me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, I am up against Ashley and the team of Joe Burr. Oh, yeah, he's been very, very cold. However, I am projected right now to lose by four, but that's because I do not have a second quarterback. Well, uh, let, can I, let me, uh, I'll text you later about Derek Carr. <laughs> I'll do it for a old ham sandwich at this point. <laughs> I mean, if I don't have to give up anything but that, sure. <laughs> all right, well, we got to get out of here. That's all we have for you this week. Uh, we'll be back, as always, next time to recap week five. Good luck, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.